The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. I have old eyes, and I forgot that this lectern is as far away as it is. 
so I'll probably do a lot of this. <laughs> Jesus asks Mary Magdalene a question. Did you catch it? Whom are you looking for? Those, that question echoes the very first words Jesus ever speaks in the Gospel of John. He asks a pair of prospective disciples, what are you looking for? And I think that's a pretty good place to begin an Easter sermon. Because you came here this morning looking for something, for someone, maybe. I know you did. Maybe, maybe you came to sing a favorite Easter hymn or two. Or maybe you came here to see some old friends you haven't seen for a while, or to find some eggs. The eggs scrambled here? Are the eggs scrambled here? Anybody know? Oh, we'll find out. Maybe you came because somebody else wanted you to and bugged the daylights out of you. We're going to church. Or maybe all you really, maybe all you really expect to find here is more confirmation of why you don't go to church. Maybe you came here looking for Jesus, hoping, expecting, expecting to meet him or maybe hoping against your expectations to meet him. Mary Magdalene knew exactly what she was looking for early on the first day of the week while it was still dark. She was looking for a corpse. According to John, she stood at the foot of the cross and watched Jesus die. She stayed there the whole time. She saw the whole thing go down. It's a funny thing about expectations, huh? You usually get what you expect, right? Because our expectations set us up to see things in certain ways, and it's pretty hard to break those expectations, break out of that framework. Mary was looking for a corpse. When she saw that the tomb was empty, she wanted the corpse back again. An empty tomb signified nothing, nada to her, but loss, insult on top of injury, grief upon grief, and she was broken. What are you looking for? And I'm not talking about just this morning. What is the goal? Why do you get out of bed in the morning and do anything? What is the purpose of your entering the day and working hard, striving? Huh? Is your goal, the goal that you're striving for with all of your living, large enough to encompass your life and your hopes? Mary came to the tomb and saw the stone taken away from the entrance. That's all she needed to see. She didn't even need to peek inside. She knew that there had been a grave robbery. 
She ran to Simon Peter and the beloved disciple to tell them the bad news. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Two of them run back to the tomb. Now, the last time we heard anything about Peter running, he was running as fast as he could to get away from Jesus. Once Jesus got himself arrested, Peter knew how this whole thing was going to go down. Peter did what he had to do to save his own skin. That was enough striving for him in life. But not the beloved disciple. He stayed at the foot of the cross along with Mary Magdalene and Jesus' mother. He too saw the whole thing. And now he outruns Peter to the tomb, and then steps back to let Peter go in first. They both saw the same thing. They both looked into the tomb and saw only the linen cloths left behind by Jesus. Peter saw nothing but confirmation of bad news. But the beloved disciple looked at those grave clothes, and he read them like the pages of a book. He saw and believed. <clears throat> what did he really see? He saw that Jesus used those wrappings and then discarded them. In doing the work of God, Jesus did not bypass death. He needed those clothes and that grave to fulfill his mission to join us in everything that it means to be us, including the anguish of death. The beloved disciple believes without either seeing or touching the resurrected Jesus. He illustrates already at the beginning of the chapter uh, the, this attitude blessed by Jesus at the end of the chapter. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. Thing is, for some of us, and maybe for most of us, that may still sound like distinctly bad news. And it's fine for the beloved disciple that faith comes so easily. What about me? What about you? My dad didn't start going to church until he was in his early 30s. And the only reason that he went, I'll tell you, he wanted to enroll my sister and me in a parochial school because they were afraid of enrolling us in the local public school. And my mother was sort of a nominal Lutheran. She'd been born in Minnesota where everybody's a Lutheran. So they thought, well, we're not going to send them to the Catholic school. We'll send them to the Lutheran school. My dad didn't go to church because he just didn't see how it was possible to believe in God. When they were going to bring us and roll us in school, the pastor came over to the house and said, so, uh, Mr. Larson, 
we can't enroll your kids in our school because they're not baptized. It's a Missouri Synod Church. And you can't bring them for baptism, Mr. Larson, because you've never been confirmed. But guess what? We are starting an adult class this Wednesday evening, and you can come. And my dad says, yeah, sure. He said, I'm not going to go to any class at your church. I have never, ever met a pastor who, when I asked him a hard question, didn't try to run away. I'm not going to your stinking class, but you can come to my house, and we'll talk, and I will ask you questions, and if once I ever detect the whiff of in your answer, I'm going to throw you right out the door. And the pastor said, okay. I was four years old. One of my early childhood memories is of these two guys, they were about the same height, about the same age, standing nose to nose in our little living room with raised voices. But that man baptized me and my sister. He confirmed my father. My father went to church every Sunday for the rest of his life. And he always said, I'm not a Lutheran. I'm an agnostic Christian hoping, that's what he always said, I'm an agnostic Christian, hoping. That's what my dad needed. He needed someone who was willing to stand toe-to-toe with him. Not Mary Magdalene, that's not what she needed. Curiosity finally got the best of her. Still weeping, she peeks into the tomb, and she is granted a vision, a vision which she does not understand. She, te- she sees two angels in a small dark space stationed one at the head and one at the foot of a, a slab or a shelf. Now, for, for beings whose job it is to communicate messages for God, that's what angels do, these guys are pretty tight-lipped. They have only three Greek words, count them, three, that they say to her, and they mean, woman, why are you weeping? And they don't say much, but their posture is full of symbolism. We are meant to hear in this symbolism because they're seated at the head and the foot of this empty slab. We're supposed to think of the Ark of the Covenant. huh? The Ark of the Covenant, which is the mercy seat of God, the cherubim on either side of the mercy seat. The scene shouts, it screams, symbolism, Jesus resurrected is the mercy of God. That all goes right over Mary's head. She misses it all because it's not what she needed What did she need? She came looking for a corpse, but she needed something more than that. She needed to hear her name. She needed to hear her name spoken by this one 
whom she loved, and she believed she would never, ever hear it again. Mary, go tell my brothers and sisters what you have seen and heard. And she did. Friends, the good news is not that Christ is risen. Say that out loud with me. The good news is not that Christ is risen. The good news is that Christ is risen for you. For you. And comes to meet you in your fears, in your doubts, in your struggles and hopes, in your illnesses and joys, comes to meet you in strange and marvelous ways. Listen for your name. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.